You're listening to Design Talk, a podcast for conversations connecting design with theory, organizations, business, and impact. So hi, I'm Ines. And I'm Luke. And we're very pleased to welcome Jacinta Owens, Program Director at the Innovation Academy and Facilitation Specialist. Yeah, so firstly, Jacinta, thank you very much for coming on today and, kind of, and chatting to us. And suppose we start off kind of asking a little bit more about yourself. Well, hi Inez, hi Luke, thanks very much for the invite. I'm really, really happy to be here. Um, yeah, so I've been uh, facilitating with the Innovation Academy for five years now. And before that, I facilitated for community groups and um, did different kind of creative facilitation, uh, including filmmaking, which is in my, which is in my background. I ended up at the Innovation Academy I actually was a student of the Innovation Academy about six or seven years ago. And there's something about it that when you go there, you just want to stay there. (laughs) So I actually ended up, um, student became facilitator um, after about a year. So um, that's, I have many other twists and turns in my education background, but um, we probably don't have enough time. (laughs) Well, lovely. And we wanted to know uh, if the Innovation Academy workshop method was inspired by the design thinking approach. Well, the Innovation Academy has been around for about 11 or 12 years now. And, um, you know, just speaking from my experience five years ago, when I joined, hardly any student even heard of design thinking. So you know, you, you're bringing this method to people brand new and you could see people were really excited about it and taking it back into their workplace. Now, even five years on, um, there are people, professional students coming to us who head up whole design thinking departments and they are, you know, service designers and, and all this. So it's all, it's all happening. It's all kind of out there in the world now. So I think the Innovation Academy um, is a very, it's aligned with the design thinking approach in the sense that it is very human centered. So while it's a tool that we use, it's an approach and it's a mindset, it's not um, everything that we do, but it is certainly aligned with the design thinking. We, we love to put the student at the center of our approach. And do you think the the increase in the kind of the popularity for design thinking is coming from the consumers who are kind of demanding more from the products that that they're buying, or is it coming from the actual businesses themselves? Well, it's both. I think because you know now we have we're so much more connected, um, and we we are so much more savvy about the the products, the things that we want. So that's a driver um, for this, for the design thinking method to be, have become so popular. But um, also as well for businesses, it is a faster, it sort of doesn't seem like it at first, but it's a faster and leaner approach to developing new services and new products. Um, And actually there was an interesting report, PwC did an innovation benchmark report a couple of years ago. And they asked over 1,200 of the businesses that they work with what were the drivers for or the operating models for innovation. And 
the traditional kind of um, methods, research and development methods were on the bottom and design thinking and co-creation with customers was at the top. So it works. <laughs> and these these huge um, corporations and businesses um, wouldn't be using it if it didn't, if it didn't make financial sense to them as well, you know. Well, great. Thank you for that. And you as a program director, um, what does an intensive week long workshop format looks like? It is. Yeah, intensive is the right word for everyone. <laughs> so um, we we have we have five mornings that we spend together. And then in the afternoons, it's generally um the students will go off and work on their own projects or work in small groups. Um, we try to, to include tools that make sense for each of our cohorts. So we have a lot of teamwork in, a lot of collaboration tools. Obviously, design thinking is a, a component of most of our modules um, and reflective practice. So we're, we're trying to, to weave in all of these elements at a pace that really makes sense for our students so that it's, a, it's fun, you get to spend time with people, but you're also learning and, and gathering uh, tools and techniques um, that, that'll actually be useful um, to go out into the world. So yeah, the five, the five days is pretty intense, but... Our students generally say at the end of it, they're exhausted in a really good way. So that's not bad feedback. And for kind of looking towards kind of perspective students who might um, go down the kind of line of design thinking, what advice would you give to someone thinking about taking part in design thinking for the first time? Well, just to keep an open mind and really trust the process. If there's anybody in the class that's done a module with me, you've probably heard me saying that like 25,000 times. Um, but there, there is a process. It's a little bit counterintuitive at the start. So I would say like anybody going into the, their very first design thinking sprint or workshop or module, um, you might think at times like, why are we doing this now and can we not move into this space can we not start having ideas things like that come up but um it's just to trust trust the process and then reflect on it afterwards so it's keeping that open mind um and going with it because uh the process does work it's really really useful method i have to say like it's a real life useful method I think this is a question that can be interesting for anyone in the room. Um, do students' workshops follow the same model as those for companies? Yes, actually. So the module that you would do with the Innovation Academy is really similar to the course that PepsiCo um, take with us or ESB or, you know, um, professionals. It's really, really similar. There's a, There are only a few... Um, there are only a few differences where we think we're, we we listen to our students um, and we ask, you know, how's this working? How is this useful for you? And sometimes we'll make tweaks on that. But by and large, you are getting the same module as um, our professional cohorts would be. 
and our educators i have to put that in as well so we have an educators program and a lot of our a lot of the ucd lecturers take part in that so i find it it's kind of fun when you, when you think that there's a student and a lecturer that would have done a very similar module at the innovation academy in the same room that's like a nice mix and obviously kind of coming out of COVID and learning about the whole the, the new dynamic in terms of the hybrid working model and hybrid in terms of college, what would you say would be the differences between kind of doing the workshops online um, compared to in person? That is a great question. You know, COVID really did disrupt everything, right? But for me, it was a real silver lining because before COVID, we only had in-person classes. We had tried a little bit of online asynchronous stuff, but it was really the necessity of COVID. And I'd say like the first couple of modules we did were, were probably, you know, we were all <laughs> we were all like in that COVID headspace. But once the dust settled and we we um we started looking at online as being its own thing. So not trying to transfer an in-person class to the online, but rather looking at online as being its own platform, like what can it bring that in-person can't bring and vice versa. But the difference, actually, it's, it's interesting. We ask our students to submit reflection reports on the learning after the module. And you can't actually tell, you couldn't tell which module was in person and which module was online. So the learning outcomes um, are experienced in, in a really similar way. Uh, so in that sense, in that sense, it's kind of, I don't think, I don't think that they can be compared, if you know what I mean, but the quality has, has remained um very high for online and and we get that from our students they say we didn't realize that online could be good <laughs> probably because we had such a terrible experience at the start of covid you know yeah okay thank you for that and also you have talked about facilitations as a skill and as a specialism um, with your experience and your career, uh, what or who or what have been your key influences in your personal development as a facilitator? Well, number one is who I'm with. You know, honestly, honestly, um, the, the student, the person that I'm with, the people that I'm with, I want to be able to give the best possible experience. So I'm looking to them first and saying, like, what what's needed here, if you know what I mean? So I'm thinking about that first. So, you know, that influences me. But I know what you're getting at, you know, are there kind of like major influences in the world of facilitation, as it were. My colleagues at the Innovation Academy are the best. And I'm not, I'm, I know you're going to think I'm just biased and I'm saying that, but honestly, I have never met a group of educators that care so much about the student experience and put so much work into it. And we're all from different backgrounds. We're all different types of people. So getting to work with them and see how they do things and bouncing things off each other, that's a huge influence for me. That's being really honest, you know, but I do a lot of courses myself. So I'm constantly putting myself in the student seat so that I can experience things. And I might get something from, I don't know, like a, a breathwork 
class that I'm taking somewhere or yoga somewhere or writing, screenwriting, filmmaking, I might take something from from each of those and bring it onto my facilitation practice. So I'm always on the lookout. What are people doing? How are they doing that? What's good about that? What would I take and change about that? And I think in the in the world of um, you know, uh, should we say well known people, um, I do look to the work of of people like um, Brenny Brown and Otto Sharmer. You know, they're bringing the whole person into their work. And I think that that's, that's a major influence on me. I'm thinking about the people that I'm facilitating for. I'm thinking they are whole people. They have whole lives outside of this class. And how can I, how can I help them bring their whole self to the learning experience? That's really important for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always going to other people's classes. I'm, I'm like a nerd. I am. I really am. It's, that's an affliction really <laughs> yeah that's brilliant because we always say that you're an amalgamation of the five people that you hang around with the most and to, like to be able to be working where you're working with everyone who's around you coming from different areas i think it's it's a real testament of how design thinking can be really beneficial to yourself and also kind of like the work that you're doing oh you're really bringing in something so important there like because um, the one of the major assets in our classes is the mixture of people. So say for our undergrad classes, people come from everywhere all over the university. So you have teams of people coming together, practice and design thinking, and it's multidisciplinary. And everybody brings something so different, such a different perspective. Your your business students will bring a perspective. Then we have, you know, art students, med, people in medicine, vet, you know, all coming together. And maybe in a way that they wouldn't normally, because you do get so, you know, you do get sort of siloed in your own um, specialism, you know. So that bringing people together with different backgrounds is one of the, the best ways to elevate any design thinking process as well, you know. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, Jacinda. I think I want to open up the floor for any questions in the room as well, because I know as everyone's listening, they probably have their own questions too. Uh, so, hi, I'm Connor, and I was just wondering how your approach to what you do has changed from the five years from when you started to what it is now. I think I have become it's funny because one of one of the things that I really like to concentrate on is creative confidence and bringing that out in people. Because, you know, many of us, many people in the room there, including myself, at some stage, maybe your creativity has been shut down or you've got a message, you know, that's not for you. Um, you're not creative. And a lot of people I meet through my work don't think they're creative. And I think in facilitating that for other people, I have become more creatively confident myself, if you know what I mean. So I'm more confident to take more risks and to do things differently, to try them, to fail at them miserably, um, and to, to really practice what I preach and ask all the time, ask students, 
what's your experience like here? You know, what are you learning? What are you missing out on? And the confidence to take that on board, be it, you know, positive or negative, but to take it on board and allow myself to change. So I think my own kind of confidence in um, trying and failing at things has really risen. That'd be one thing anyway. Um, I'm sure if you ask my colleagues, they might say different things. (laughs) Thank you for the question, though. Hi, my name is Richard. I'd just like to ask, on our first lecture, we were a question was put to all of us um, to write down what we thought design thinking means and what it involves. And obviously, it's kind of a broad concept, and I'd just love to hear your simple uh, definition or explanation as to what it is for maybe someone who doesn't know. Yeah, that's a great one. So it is... For me, I would just simply put it as a creative problem-solving method. And you know yourself that design thinking can come in many, you know, there's many kind of like variations. But the themes are that you're understanding your potential user. You're creating something fast, quickly, low-resolution, to give to your potential user to get feedback. So it's that kind of, you know, um, those are the steps, no matter which kind of flavor of design thinking you use, it's always about understanding your potential user first and then coming up with something, some sort of solution to some part of a problem and then asking the user, what do you think of this? And then completing the cycle many many times is that clear I don't know sometimes I don't know because I think about it so much <laughs> and I'm living in it um uh, I'm not sure if I'm if I if I'm too close to it now to be able to describe it in simple terms um I'm Dylan um I suppose um having the opportunity to work with the Innovation Academy over the last few years I'm sure you would have had um Joe multiple opportunities to um, interact with the students um, through facilitation. Um, I suppose, have you noticed any trends in the way the students are thinking, um, I suppose, in the world of design thinking? Obviously, as it becomes more prevalent and I suppose the pandemic as well came along in the middle of it. You know, uh, is there patterns in the ways they think, the ideas they're coming up with? I think I think that the, the, the pattern I've noticed actually, and this is something sort of maybe back to what Luke had said at the start about customers because students are customers too right we're all when we go when we sign up for a degree we're 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 um you know we're a customer of a service and for me i think the change has been that students are not willing to settle for any less than they deserve and that that's really that's powerful for me. I love to see that. I find that students are are maybe um, maybe as things like design thinking become more uh, prevalent and more widely used and talked about, and maybe companies that students want to go and work for are talking about it and they have it on their social feeds and stuff. The there's more students coming to us now saying I want to learn this because I will be doing it in my job whereas five years ago 
you know, maybe there were more students just going, I don't know what this is. I'll give it a go. Now there's more intention around innovation tools in general, um, because I think people know that they're going to be asked about it when they go into the the workforce. And that's definitely something that um, I've heard from industry itself, you know, from employers that, you know, they are seeing a lot of students that have a specialism, which is great, but they also want these innovation um, mindsets and soft skills as well as that. And that's something that the Innovation Academy does really well, I think. So, yeah, I think I think students are, are really, um, they're really seeing the value more of innovation tools and thinking about those soft skills more um, and how you can, how you can get to learn about them and use them and practice them, you know. But um, yeah, the pandemic was, I think it made a lot of people think about, you know, what, what, what am I, why am I here? What am I here for? I want to be learning. And the quality of learning as well, the quality of what's on offer. Um, students are definitely thinking more critically about that, I think. But you tell me. <laughs> I'm looking around here and I, I'm not seeing any more hands, but I think I've got one more question for you, Jacinta. I think just for, as students, and we're all kind of learning about design thinking, it's kind of all on, on the, the top of our minds. What tips would you give to students to kind of develop their creative mindset a bit more and that going back to what you're saying in terms of the, your creative uh, confidence as well? It's definitely, we would say, you know, that everybody is creative like it's your birthright as a human um we're all born creative um but we can we can let it fall dormant so it's about practicing your creativity practicing your your creative thinking and we have little like games and tools that we and techniques that we use in class um, that we would say to people like, you know, when you're in the supermarket, use this little creative thinking technique, you know, just keep your brain alive and practicing. Um, that's, the, that's the main thing is, is to practice your creativity. You cannot use it up. Like the more you use it, the more you have. Like that's the beauty of it. So, you know, not um, to focus on results of anything but to focus on the process of creative thinking because we grow up in a society that's very results driven. So for example, you know, you're kind of told maybe when you're younger, you're, you're told you're, you're not a very good artist, so you're not going to be an artist. So don't bother drawing. And that's a really damaging message. And, and we can get it in all sorts. You're not a very good writer. You'll never be a writer. So don't bother writing. And I would say you have to turn that on its head. And, and say the results don't matter. It's the fact that I'm doing it that matters and that'll feed your creativity. So I, I would I would just love everyone to be practicing their innate creativity a little bit more. And reversing those messages that sometimes we get when we're younger. Um, and then for the design thinking uh, method, like I have a colleague who says, that you really don't know the design thinking method until you've done it a hundred times. So <laughs> that's also practice. 
you know, you can do it once, you can get the gist of it, you can understand the method, you can understand its worth, but it's different practicing it. Just practicing it at every opportunity that you can get. And now there's loads of, there's, there are meetups and different design sprint groups. You can, um, you know, you use some of the methods and hackathons and things like that. There's lots of, there's lots of ways to go out in the world and practice it. Um, so that's what I would say. Practice, practice, practice. Hey, Jacinta, Alan Higgins here. Um, can I ask, uh, what are the go-to um, impactful practices or techniques that you and your, your practice circle have, have been um, uh, revert to or, or use a lot? What, what, what would you say, this is just so useful, everybody has to do it? Um, apart, from this, apart from the design thinking tool itself, which in fairness is a set of five kind of tools, you know, each of those, like the empathy, defining a problem, ideation, prototype, testing, like those are standalone tools that are also excellent um, to delve into, to do a deep dive into. But there, there are two kind of, two methods, two tools that we would, that I would say people come back and tell us that was really transformational. One is Debono's Six Thinking Hats. I don't know if anybody's used that in the room or heard of it. It's um it's a team well you can use it individually as well but it's a, it's a sort of a a team collaboration method. I won't go into it here but you can come to class <laughs> and uh, I'll facilitate it. Um yeah, it's it's an excellent process and lots of people just have come back to us and said that really just works i don't know why we do teamwork and do meetings and things like that without this process you know so that's a really good one i would look into that and edward devano's thinking methods in general are really interesting so he he was a writer and he wrote a lot about creative thinking and the other tool that i would say is number one of those only one thing that that I would have to recommend to people it would be reflection and having that practice of doing something and reflecting on it. That's that's how you really learn. Like the learning isn't in, in just the doing. The learning is in, you know, reflecting on it, taking time and, and whatever method you like, writing, voice notes, whatever, and saying, what did I learn from that? What would I do differently? Even that, even those two questions, um, if, you, if you take five minutes every day and, and have five minutes of reflection, you'll see a change. You'll see a difference in the way that you do things. So the, those are the two things that, that people generally come back and say, yeah, that changed something for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, um, do you see, have you seen it adapted from a group practice um, and a group process to an individual process? Do people become individually uh, design thinkers in their firms rather than sort of uh, collaborative group style? Is there an individual ro- ro- way of, of enacting it? Well, there is, um, but at certain times you'll bring in collaborators. So even in the design thinking for life, 
method that that would be considered a thing you know you're doing it for your life but you'll be talking to people you'll be you know um bringing bringing people in to 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 give you uh advice or find things out about you know so it's so there there will always be an element of collaboration but you you absolutely can go use the tool by yourself um what i what i would say is you know i suppose using it in a in a problem solving way it's almost like a mindset so i would think of design thinking as being an approach um a, a tool and a mindset yeah no i'm just thinking the the five-day model the sprint uh which some people criticize as being kind of like a sort of a break from work and then they go back to work and nothing has changed how to make it a longer process mm. is uh is more challenging isn't it well yeah but i mean i i suppose the the main thing is that you're learning something each time you know so the length of the process you know yourself it can be a, you can do a sprint on an hour if you like um or you can spend several years going through the cycle and you know having a lot of different tools in each in each stage of the process um as well so you can expand it or contract it to suit your needs but um yeah i i think i think there's going to be some excellent research as time goes on about how people how big businesses um use the process on a longer term basis but uh, we don't actually have a lot of that so far. But now that the the method is just so prevalent, um, I imagine there'll be a lot more um, research and case studies to come out about how people are actually using it. Um, I know there's a there's a writer called Jean Leitka, and she writes she's researched um, quite a bit in companies and how they use it. Um, and and having that having those case studies having that open innovation mindset where we can learn from each other uh, is only going to make us better at design thinking, better at the method. Um, I've, I'd love to hear how the workshop works. Like during those five days, where are the different things that are done? Like are there group projects or it's only theory or you develop th something or you have like a, is there like a purpose or something or is it just being sitting in a class and just listening to someone? No, so actually, um, our classes are all experiential. So we we practice the experiential learning method online and in person. So what we would do is, so we have a full five day design thinking module, design thinking for innovation. So on those days, that's a bit clearer. You can see like this day we're going to concentrate on empathy. This day we're going to concentrate on defining, et cetera, et cetera. In uh, the creative thinking module that I would be involved in quite a bit, we have like a day and a half sprint. And generally what happens is we would get a company or an organization to bring in a real world problem. So they would come and say, we have this problem in our business. Off you go uh, on your and and the small teams of people of students would go off and do a whole cycle of the design thinking method. 
and then come back and present to the class and to the host that has given us the problem. So we like to involve, we like to make it as real world as we possibly can so that um, the teams of students become little design thinking units and they're working on something that's live in the world, you know, that's a live problem. So sometimes, most of the time it will be a host. Sometimes it's something to do with university or campus, depending on what's going on. Um, but yeah, we, we make it as real world interactive, experiential as possible. So we would, we guide people through the steps, um, but it's mostly teamwork then. That's brilliant. It's a bit of, bit of crack. <laughs> I have to say that it's a bit of fun. That's brilliant. Isn't that? Unless there's any other questions in the room, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up because conscious of time. But thank you so much for coming and talking today. And it was it was really nice to hear from someone who's so passionate about design thinking and how kind of that passion is brought throughout the Innovation Academy. You can really see it coming through in kind of the way you're talking about your answers and kind of like the day to day life in the Innovation Academy. It's it's really, from what we're looking at here, it's a it's an environment that's really, really supportive and engaging and kind of really beneficial for kind of everyone involved. But thank you very much. Thank you, Luke, Inez, and everyone. And thanks for the questions as well. You can check us out at innovationacademy.ie. Bye. Thank you for listening. The music used is Voltaic Fluctuations by Ben Prunty and used with his permission. 